All right, welcome back. We continue. It's hour number two of the Bob Pompiani Show, which is brought to you by Allegheny Health Network, PNC Bank, number one Cochrane, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, and Ireland Contracting. And you can follow us on Twitter at 937 The Fan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. Text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line. Edgar Snyder and Associates remind you to text responsibly. We've had a heavy dose of NFL in the first hour. I'd like to continue that into the second hour as we're a week away from the opener. Actually, less than that. It's Thursday. But also we're going to talk some Pirates, some hockey, some other stuff as well. But we're going to back out the lines right now. Fan hotline, we got Bob in Greensburg who'd like to talk more about Josh Rosen, who's available to anyone right now. Bob, what would you do? Um, hey, I w- hey, thanks for taking my call, Bob. I would uh, definitely mm-hmm. take him in a heartbeat. I don't trust Miami. Not so much Arizona, but I definitely don't trust Miami to develop anybody. Like I, the other guy said, I don't think they were, Arizona really cared about him once they knew they could get Kyler Murray. And uh, Miami, I said, I don't trust them. Look at Minka Fitzpatrick. He wasn't. He was an average player there. We bring him here. He goes. He has a uh, Pro Bowl. Um, I just. I don't. I'm not sold on. I can't really say much about um, um, our backup quarterbacks now because there wasn't really a whole lot for them to play. I mean, Ben didn't do much when he was in because we had players hurt all season. So that last season's kind of weird. You know, you can't really judge them. But I, I don't. I would definitely try them over anything, him over anything we have. And I would get rid of Paxton Lynch, Hodges, anybody to try him. If he doesn't, I think he's $3.7 million over two years. I mean, that's really, that's nothing in football, especially if, if, if the Steelers can develop them. And clearly people saw something else, you know? I don't know. I just, but I don't, you, I don't like what I, we have. I just want to be clear with what you're saying. You, you do not say he comes in and moves ahead of Mason Rudolph. You're saying, Put him behind Mason Rudolph, or at least give him the chance as that person. Well, I mean, he, I, I, in my head, I think, yeah, he should, because I Mason Rudolph didn't impress me last year. But I can't; it's not fair to Mason Rudolph either, because he really didn't have a whole lot to play with. Like I said, when Ben played, he didn't do real well because people were hurt. We had people getting hurt in and out of the starters getting hurt. He was playing with us, you know. Everybody else was third string on on the offense, just about, you know. So I, it's not fair to judge Mason Rudolph, but in my head, I say, yeah, right now. I mean, the way he was drafted and everything, I would say he should be ahead of him. He'd have to come in and learn the system, and I would, I would hope the Steelers could probably, um, you know, bring him along a lot better than these other two teams. They said, I mean, Miami. I know this is a long time ago, and there's a lot of different people change hands, but Miami couldn't even win anything with Dan Marino. They've never shown they can win anything for the last five decades. Yeah. So I don't put anything. You know, it's on interesting. Thanks, Bob. This is interesting how the NFL works. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate the call. Because you see guys out there who are really talented, like Leonard Fournette. And a lot of people here wanted Leonard Fournette to be in Pittsburgh. Uh, but they could not try uh, find a trade partner for him. So, you know, Jacksonville just released him. They tried. And he went through waivers unclaimed for a long time. And finally, it was Tampa Bay who stepped up. Now, Tampa Bay still has Ron Jones. And they're not going to supplant Ron Jones with Leonard Fournette. At least I don't think so. But... It's nice to have an insurance policy. As I mentioned before with Denver, to have two guys you can rely on now. You know, you have Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. You look around the league, there are a lot of teams that do that. So my question then next would be, James Conner's here. And what we've seen in training camp is that James Conner is not getting a lot of work. And obviously, I mean, he's, when he's in there, he is doing his thing. But I, I have a feeling that the, you know, the Steelers are in a situation where they want to make sure that uh, he, he goes into the season healthy to start with. But Mike Tomlin's one of those guys who loves feature backs, and he wants to give the lion's share of the run to James Conner. 
Do you think maybe it would be better suited to split those carries in an effort to, number one, keep Hunter, uh, Connor healthy, but number two, make him fresher as the season goes on? There are a lot of people who believe that. But the NFL works weirdly that way. Josh Rosen, that was I was talking about uh, Fournette, uh, you know, he goes, nobody wants him, nobody wants to trade, he gets released, goes through waivers. He's a very talented guy. I mean, you know, Joe Mixon signs for $48 million, and his numbers in the same exact draft season as Leonard Fournette are very similar, and yet Fournette can't get anything. And I'm, I'm just wondering how much of that has to do with something we don't know about. But look what Joe Mixon overcame. And some of the domestic issues he had, and he gets a $48 million team uh, deal from a team like Cincinnati, which typically is as frugal as they come. And they don't want to spend money, and they gave it to a running back, of all things. So you get mixed messages from the NFL. But if you're interested in bringing in a, a guy who was 10th overall as a draft pick, a quarterback, and if you're the Steelers, you certainly can do that if you want to. I, I'm not suggesting he would have an impact this year, but if you believe you can turn him into something and there is the need down the road for Ben Roethlisberger's successor, could he be that guy? 412-928-9370. We got Frank on the cell. What's up, Frank? How are you? How are you doing, Bob? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Rosen goes, uh, I think, you know, any quarter, any good quarterback drafted that high, I don't care what kind of team you go with, you're going to make yourself a better team, and he didn't prove that. I, I understand that we're going to need a successor somewhere down the line for Ben, but we traded up to get Mason, and I agree with you that the Steelers got something in store for Mason Rudolph. Let the tips fall where they fall. Maybe next year we can draft another quarterback, you know, or the year after. I mean, that's my my take on it. Uh, I don't know what you think about that, but I, I, I believe that, you know, let the tips fall where they fall. Um you know, Paxton was the number one pick. Uh, he didn't pan out in Denver. He didn't pan out at the other team. Uh, and when you're drafted that high, you're expected with high expectations. But when you don't meet, uh, live up to those expectations, um, you know, it's time for you to go. And I think, you know, that's what happened with Josh Rosen. But, you know, I'm, I would just let the chips fall where they fall for us this year. And let's see where we go next year. God bless you, Bob. Thanks for taking my time. All right. Well, I think that's appreciated, Frank. I'm not going to let with the chips fall. The, the chips are on the table, and they have put them to the middle of the table. They have shoved all of their chips in. The Steelers have this window, which is wide open right now. And this season, this team is in a position where they can make something happen, I think, very special. They have 10 of 11 starters returning on defense. Stephon Tewitt returns to make them even better on that defensive line. They have an offense that returns just about everyone, including their quarterback healthy now. I think the window's open, and I'm not worried about next year so much. This is the year the Steelers should try to strike because next year the salary cap is going to take a dip, and you never know how much money they're going to have to shed. It is an unknown situation, which is why the Steelers right now do not have long-term deals for guys like Cam Hayward. Carl in Uniontown joins us right now on the Bob Pompiani Show. Hello, Carl. What's up? Carl, are you there? Matty Harkins, is he on the line or am I just not hearing him? Okay. Well, Carl's gone. Carl, call back if you want. Leaves the line open, as they like to say in this business. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I just think the Steelers are a team that could be very, very good this year. Uh, on paper, I'm judging it based on that. Health ha has to come into this. 
But I tossed out the James Conner question because a lot of teams are loading up with not one, but two bigger name guys. Uh, the NFL season, as you know, is a long one, and you're going to have a survival of the fittest at the end. People need to be around to be good. And James Conner, uh, I think, can be very good. But do you want to run him 25 times a game? Uh, Mike Tomlin, that's been his signature. He likes to feature guys. He thinks they get better as time goes on, and there's a lot of logic to that. They've done it with people before him, certainly. Uh, and, you know, the famous quote about Willie Parker, run until the wheels come off. You've heard it, you know, with whether it's Richard Mendehall, Anybody that they've had in that situation, you know, feature back, you're going to get a lot of the work. But in this case, with no preseason, with a guy coming off an injury, and with some pretty talented guys, you would think, behind him, would they be better off kind of uh, spreading the wealth around? I don't think they're going to do that, but I think it's a legitimate question based on how long this season can be and how the injuries seem to pile up. 412-928-9370 is that number to call. And I want to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at 937TheFan, driven by Jim Shorkey Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at ShorkeyKia.com. And Texas on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line at 920-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Also visit 93.7 The Fan contesting page to see how you can win your way into the Pennsylvania Pick'em Football Challenge at BetRivers.com. Sign up now, win big cash, prizes along the way. It's at BetRivers.com. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, a little later I'm going to get into this. We have Jim O'Brien, Pittsburgh sports author, coming up next. And he has a new book out. He's written so many great books about the city of Pittsburgh and its athletes. So he'll be coming up. But I also, when that's uh, concluded and we get back to open lines, I want to ask you about the Pirates and where they sit right now at 12 wins and 25 losses. The reason I ask is because a lot of people believe they'd be much better off having that number one pick and getting Kumar Rocker, who's supposed to be the guy. I mean, I've only seen video. It looks good. You hear the scout stock. But that would be somebody you can expect to become a, a force, you would expect, one overall. But they got the company there. It's not just the Pirates at 12 and 25. You look around, the Red Sox right behind them at 13 and 27, Kansas City stinks, Texas, uh, the Nationals, uh, who else, Arizona, even the Angels with all that money they've invested into Mike Trout and others, they're 14 and 25, Joe Madden ain't getting it done out there, but the Pirates are in a situation where they could lose that number one overall distinction if they keep playing the way they're playing, and, and that is winning a little bit more than they did at the beginning of the season. I'd like to get your take on that as well coming up as i said jim o'brien will join me next got some good information about a new book he has out and some of the stories regarding some of the people he's covered over the years a wealth of information there so we'll go to break all right welcome back as we roll along here on a beautiful saturday it's bob pompiani with you until two o'clock and then we join andrew filipponi on his national show on cbs sports radio but right now we're going out to the fan hotline and bringing in one of pittsburgh's famous authors Jim O'Brien, who has, I don't know how many books you're up to now, Jim, but you have another one out there. It's good to be with you. How are you today? I'm fine, Bob. This is my 30th book in my Pittsburgh Pride series, and uh, it's got lots of great stories. It's called Looking Up Once Again. It's the second book in a trilogy of basketball memoirs, and uh, just some really good stories, and most of them with somehow with a Pittsburgh connection. But it's about players from the ABA and the NBA, and we're talking about Connie Hawkins, Spencer Haywood, Michael Jordan, you name it, and uh, they're in the book. 
Well, I'm sure it's going to be fascinating. I'm a big basketball fan myself, but um, the one thing about you, Jim, is you you cover all sports, and you have for many years. From A to Z, I would use that as the Ray. I know that's one of your books on boxing, but the Chuck Knoll, uh, you know, Winning Way, the uh, the Chief, and, and so many others. Uh, I want to get your take, uh, you know, since you mentioned the NBA. They have a bubble going on. So does the NHL. I mean, I don't think we ever thought in our lives we'd see something like this, but by all accounts, it's worked very well. Uh, but it's made life a little difficult because now we see a guy like uh, Mike Malone, the uh, head coach of Denver, saying that it's, it's been two months he hasn't seen his family and he wants that bubble to be expanded. Just your thoughts about what we've seen so far from them. Well, it's an unreal world. It's a, it is a bubble world, and uh, I'm glad I'm not covering Major League Sports these days because it doesn't seem like it's much fun. But, of course, whenever I came on in the uh, mid-60s, that's what the old sports writers told me, was that it wasn't as good as it used to be. So I guess that's a, an ongoing thing. Uh, there's a, uh, you know, it's, I never liked watching practice. I remember there was a sports editor of the Pittsburgh Press named Chester L. Smith, and he used to get invited to cover football practice. And he said he'd never in his life was going to cover a football practice. He said, you tell me something interesting that happens at practice, and uh, maybe I'll show up. And, of course, Chet Smith also said that if they played the NCAA basketball tournament in his driveway, he would draw the blinds. So he's one of the reasons why Pittsburgh does not have a professional basketball team. Yeah, but there, there's been a lot of talent that certainly come uh, through Pittsburgh when it comes to basketball. And um, to me, I think it's just a, it's a difficult thing to do with you have so many professional sports teams. And even in college, I mean, you try to get people who follow it. And unless you're extremely successful, it's kind of difficult to do. I want to ask you about something else with the NFL. Uh, and you've covered a lot of great players in the NFL, a lot of great coaches, uh, especially, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, when you... Look at Ben Roethlisberger's career in context. How good of a quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger, in your opinion? I think he's Hall of Fame. I think that's already been established. But is he better than Terry Bradshaw? No. No. Did I answer that no, fast no. enough? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> yes, but I, yes. I will say this. You know, people in Pittsburgh set themselves up for disappointment because everything's based on will the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year. That's what they ask you. They don't ask you. How do you think the Steelers will do this year? They say, how do you think the Steelers will do in a Super Bowl this year? Last year when people asked me that question at this time, and I have it in writing, I said, the Steelers will be in contention. They will have a fine football team. But what happens if Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt in the second game of the season? And I was just throwing that out for whatever it was worth. I did not know that he would get wiped out with an elbow injury so early in the year. But that's the deal. It's the same way this year. The Steelers are a talented team. And I think, and, and I hope, by the way, I would hope that they would be interested in getting Adrian Peterson, who's now available. I know he's really? old, and so has Ben. And uh, I think that Mike Tomlin could get another good season out of him. And I think the Steelers need another running back. I'm hoping, of course, that James Conner, is also going to stay healthy. But health is, you know, you have to be, you have to have a good coach. They've got a good coach in Mike Tomlin. You have to have a good quarterback. They have more than a good quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. 
And I personally think, and I've been disappointed, that I think the fans and maybe the media have low-rated Mason Rudolph so early because I still think he's a talented individual. I can still remember him throwing five touchdown passes against Pitt at uh, the uh, in, a, in a college football game. So I'm not giving up on him. Uh, the Terry Bradshaw wins four Super Bowls, and uh, plus he's funnier. He's funnier than <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, and uh, and he's never gotten in any uh, uh, celebrated difficulties off the field. So he's a hoot, and I'll be rooting for Roethlisberger this year. I, uh, he's gone from uh, misbehaving to becoming the father of the year in the NFL thanks to the Steelers' PR efforts. But I just want him to have a good season. I'm glad to hear that he's not doing a radio show this year. I think that's a smart move. And uh, I think the Steelers should have a good team. I hope Del Castro gets healthy also. That's what I mean about you have to have good health and you have to be lucky. You know, Art Rooney, the founder of the Steelers, used to say I'd rather be lucky than good. And, of course, he was lucky at the racetrack, and he finally got lucky when he hired when he hired and Dan Rooney hired Chuck Noll. You know, I had a dream the other night in which I was sitting on a couch talking to Chuck Noll. Uh, that's what happens when you're in your 78. You start dreaming about uh, what you used to do for a living. And Chuck was being philosophical when we were sitting there talking. And that's one of the things that I always liked about Noel. He was a good coach. He didn't think he, he didn't announce that he was a genius. I think he did think that he was a genius, and maybe he was. But I think his wife, Marianne, kept him honest in that regard, kept him humble, too. But he knew how to coach a football team. And when the Steelers got Terry Bradshaw and Joe Green, and then, of course, Joe Green says they didn't win anything, until they got Franco Harris. And it still amazes me that Franco Harris and the Immaculate Reception happened in his rookie season. His rookie season turned Pittsburgh sports history around just as uh, Maz's home run did in the 1960 World Series. And by the way, on that note, I want to say happy birthday to Bill Mazeroski because it is his birthday today since you brought that up. And uh, Yeah, you know, he moved. Moments. He moved out of uh, Hempfield Township this year. And he moved closer to the eastern end of the state, Philadelphia area, where one of his boys lives. And, you know, Maz is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I think his home run still raises the most magic moment in Pittsburgh sports history. And even Franco Harris concedes that honor. Um, but Maz, you know, he's a guy that bought a home in Hemphill Township, married a girl that Danny Murtaugh introduced him to who worked in the Pirates front office, Mylene from uh, North Braddock, and uh, stayed married to her, still married to her. They have a couple health issues these days, not COVID-19, but they do have some mobility issues. And uh, I always told Maz he was a rich man. He never made a lot of money in baseball, but he stayed married to the same woman, he had two boys, neither of whom ever got into trouble, both college graduates, and uh, to my knowledge, uh, good kids. So he's a rich I agree man. with that. You're rich. You're rich if you have those things. I think we're in a time where people forget about all that stuff. We're in a materialistic kind of situation. But if you're healthy, if you have a good family, you're very rich right there. You don't need Bob, to worry anything just, more. I just, 
was going through some old notes yesterday, and I came across the material I had on Roberto Clemente. I wrote a book about him as well. And something I didn't know about him. Now, get this. The biggest raise in salary that Clemente ever received was a $20,000 a year boost. And the lowest raise that he ever received was $2,000 more a year. Can you imagine that and what kind of talent that man had? And speaking of talent, and I told you this in email, I was my timing was great in, in, in going to Miami, going to New York when I did 1969, and just after Joe Namath and the Jets had won the Super Bowl, the Mets were the amazing Mets. And uh, I was on the baseball beat for the New York Post for 73 and 74 full-time and then once in a while after that. But I covered the team of Tom Seaver. And it, it hurts to hear mm. that last week that Tom, terrific, died at the age of 75. And when you're 78, that makes you particularly nervous. And the thing about Tom Seaver was he had it all. He was Tom Terrific. He was called the franchise. Him and his wife, Nancy, were the All-America couple. He was talented, great fastball, smart, college-educated, Southern Cal, and good-looking. So he was everything that you are, Bob. And uh, that's With a lot why more money so and fame. <laughs> yeah, your own Hall of Fame. No, he was I, – I, I always enjoyed watching Tom Seaver pitch. He was one of those guys that you made a point – Back in the day when, when people went out and, and went to baseball games with scorecards in hand, and you looked at it and you said, oh, Steve is going to pitch. I want to go to watch that game today. And uh, most every time he would never disappoint you. Hey, Jim, give me some information about where people can get uh, a hold of your new book uh, and any other information that puts people in contact with you. Well, you know, Bob, nowadays because of the dearth of bookstores, Walden Books went out of business, B. Dalton went out of business, and uh, – Walden Books went out of business, and the only one that's left are in the parking lot. So I sell all my books directly these days. If you Google Pittsburgh sports author Jim O'Brien, my website shows up, and it shows you how to get my books, which ones are still available out of the 30. I think about 12 of them, most of the ones on the Steelers, are sold out, including the one that you mentioned about Chuck Knoll. Mm -hmm. uh, that was one of my real good selling books and it was one i enjoyed writing so i still have some copies of the chief and that was a great book and i just had somebody call me from ohio parma ohio a little while ago and he wanted to know if he could still get doing it right and i said i had about three copies left and he he could uh, i would put one aside for him so i don't know if anybody has a phone book anymore but i'm the only jim o'brien that's in the pittsburgh phone book and like i said just uh just uh, Google Pittsburgh sports author Jim O'Brien, and you'll find my book. The other fellow who died just recently, Bob, was John Thompson of Georgetown. Mm. And I think, you know, with what's going on in the country these days, nobody stood up for the African-American community more than John Thompson, all 6'10", 280, 285 pounds of him. He stood up and, and really made you want to respect his players, he demanded a lot from them. Uh, he was the first black college coach to win an NCAA basketball tournament. Um, I walked out on a press conference once in Logan, Utah, on Thompson because 
he was belittling the media at a press conference, and I just got up, walked down the steps, walked in front of him, and walked out the door because I don't care how big he was, I wasn't going to sit there and have him knock sports writers, which he often did. But in, in uh, the same time, I respected John Thompson as a coach and as a man. Uh, he, uh, he, he stood for something that was important in this country and in sports. No, he certainly did, and it was, it was always great to watch Georgetown Pitt at the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse. So many great memories there. Jim, I want to thank you for the time, and again, check out Pittsburgh, is Pittsburgh Sports Author on Google, and you can find all the information about Jim O'Brien. He has 30 books out there, all talking about some of the great moments in Pittsburgh history. Jim, uh, best to you and your family. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the holiday weekend. You're still my number one student. <laughs> I learned a lot from you. I did, and I appreciate that, Jim. Thanks very much. Best to your family. Jim O'Brien, Pittsburgh sports author, and you'll get information on, on his new book out. He's got a ton of them uh, from A to Z. That's the name of one of them, but he really does from A to Z. All right, we have an update coming up, and then more calls all the way until 2 o'clock today. It's 412-928-9370. Give us an opportunity to talk to you about the big events of the day, including the Steelers, the Pirates, closing in on the number one pick, although they have competition there. We have also some Penguin updates coming up as well. It's the Bob Pompiani Show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. And as we continue live right here, a beautiful Saturday in Pittsburgh. Hope you're going to enjoy the weekend, but certainly be safe out there. And you can call me if you're driving around want to talk sports at 412-928-9370. Big thanks to our sponsors once again. AHN, Allegheny Health Network, on the beat when it comes to COVID-19, doing a great job at all of their hospitals. Also, PNC Bank, make today the day. Number one Cochrane, go one better at number one Cochrane. Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman, where they've got your back, not your wallet. And Ireland Contracting, they are the title sponsor of the Ireland Contracting Nightly Sports Call on Pittsburgh CW. Every night we're on the air at 1035 taking calls. And by the way, on CW, a little program note for you, we have a lot of football today starting at 430. It's another of our Steeler Rewinds. We're going to have two classic games from the past, but it starts with the 2019 Steeler highlight film at 4.30, followed by Steelers-Bengals from 2016, the wild, wild, wild finish to the wild card game. And then 2008, you'll see the Ravens and Steelers again as they battle that game in Pittsburgh to get to the Super Bowl, and it featured so many great plays. Ryan Clark, bone-crushing hit. We also had the Troy Polamalu interception and other things, so... You'll remember some of these plays. Some of you may have forgotten, like a Lima Sweet drop. Uh, I mean, you've seen those probably in your nightmares. Well, that one in that game was a big one also. That's all today on Pittsburgh CW beginning at 4.30. We have baseball coming up tonight at 5, pregame 7.05, first pitch Pirates and Reds here on the fan. Uh, but I've been talking a lot about this Pirate situation with regard to where they are in the standings, which is last overall in the majors. However, they got some company there now. You know, they won yesterday against the Reds, so the Pirates are 12 and 25. If you're looking at winning percentages, that's a 324 win percentage. The Red Sox are right behind them at 13 and 27, 325.1 percentage points. But Kansas City is bad, 14 and 25. Texas is bad at 13 and 24. The Nationals. Team that won the world championship. What happened? Well, they had some guys opt out, and things haven't gone their way. 13 and 24, Arizona 15 and 24, and then the Angels at 14 and 25. So, a lot of people want the Pirates to get the number one pick. That would be great if you get it. 
Kumar Rockers out there, and by all accounts, he's going to be one of these guys you want in your pitching rotation. But a lot of people believe the Pirates should do their best to get that, which means, use a sports term, tank. And I certainly don't think athletes do that. They go out and play. A lot of these guys have a lot to play for. But you can kind of manage your team so that you don't put the best options necessarily out there in an effort to, to look at prospects, which I think this team should be doing. And they are doing. You know, Cole Tucker, I look at him and I see a guy who, he's a number one pick. You expect more. But he could be one of these Sean Rodriguez types who could be a jack-of-all-trades. And he can end up, I hope it's more than that. I really do. But I haven't seen enough to make me think that. He could play short. He's been in the outfield. He looks pretty comfortable no matter where you play him. But they, they would like to get more out of Cole Tucker, obviously. we finally seen Brian Hayes. And, you know, what a night for him in his first major league game. Uh, nervous, admittedly, in his first couple of bats, and then he hits a double off the wall that begins an uprising and a rally, and then he hits a game-tying home run <clears throat> in the bottom of the eighth, his first. Pirates end up losing that game, but he also shows some great instinctive base running skills. Uh, in the tenth inning, a uh, little nubber by Anthony Alford, somebody they took a chance on, and I like that move by Ben Cherryton. This guy had high expectations. He was at one point one of the top baseball prospects in all of baseball. Went to Toronto and just things haven't worked out. But he's, he's certainly very athletic. He had a little number, but anyway, it was Cole or uh, Brian Hayes who immediately left and knew what he was dealing. Showed out the speed, beat the throw home, even though it was a bouncer right back to the pitcher, essentially. Uh, very aware, didn't hesitate, instinctive baseball player. That needs to continue. He needs to turn into somebody who can be a rock at third base for them, I think, moving forward. His defense has never been questioned. His bat has. But they're going to get a good look at him, and they should. With regard to Anthony Alford, uh, that's a guy who I also think could have some um, opportunities here that he wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. And hopefully we'll see more of that. All right, so that's open to you. We're talking hockey. We're talking the Steelers, where they fit. Uh, what you expect, Josh Rosen's been a big topic, and I've had four callers, two each, say it's a split decision. Two say don't bring him in, two say yes, bring him in. Let's go to Anthony in Oakland, see what he has to say. It's always uplifting to talk to Mr. Anthony. What's going on, man? Thank you. Yeah, you, you could bring him in. I mean, you know, they, uh, these people have this mindset that Ben Roethlisberger's 28 years old. You know, he's 38 years old, people, which means it could go at any time. So if you got some, uh, some young quarterbacks that you have in competition when that time comes, fine. He's an ex first round pick who was on horrible ball clubs. If this thing stays competitive, he may turn into something if Rudolph doesn't. So of course you bring him in. Yeah, you know I mean, sometimes, you know, this is what angers me with the organization in the city at times. Where, uh, Colbert, what's hurt this ball club, and may hurt them more in the long run, is paying the 38-year-old quarterback this kind of money. I mean, to see what his, his cap... Well, it's actually, Anthony, when you look at this kind of money, he's actually down in the middle of the pack when it comes to money based on someone who's had the resume he has. So I don't know if he's overpaid. He's paid the market for him. But his cap hit on a team. There, there may be some decisions on young players that we can't keep because the 38-year-old quarterback hit, hit him more with the cap. But the 38-year-old quarterback has also restructured twice and may do it again. Well, uh, yeah, but all that does is pass the money on. Yeah, but that's how football, that's how all sports are done these days. You just kick the can down the road as long as you can. No, that's just my difference of opinion. I'm more of the New England approach where 
uh, you know, Brady was smart enough to understand what makes, keeps me great and keeps this competitive great. I can't suck up all the money. If I do suck up all the money, I'm not going to have the type of players around me that'll make us stay competitive for 20 years as he did. And that, that's mm-hmm. just my approach. I, that's what I Let like. Let me ask you this, Brian Anthony. Switzer is still on this team, and I'm not one of these guys who want to bash him 24-7. He can't play. I don't care if he shines Ben shoes or they go all <laughs> dunk hiding or not. He can't play. He Let should me... not suck up space. Well, they haven't made their final roster decisions. They will today to try to get from 80 to 53. We'll see how that goes. But they have a lot of competition there at that wide receiving situation, including Deion Kane, a guy I really like. So I want to ask you something else. You talked about teams not like the Steelers not signing a guy like Rosen. But listen, Leonard Fournette not only couldn't be traded for, nobody wanted him. He cleared waivers. He took two extra days. And now Rosen's going to go to the same situation. It's not just the Steelers. They're, I mean, some of these teams have, you know, their roster set. They're not willing. And that doesn't mean Josh Rosen won't get a chance. He will get a chance somewhere sometime. It may not just be right now. And you have to admit, from what you've seen for a guy who was 10th overall, he's not that good. Well, I, I, don't, I can't really make that judgment because he's been with horrible ball clubs. Well, I why mean, do people make judgments on, on Mason Rudolph so quickly then? And I'm, I'm not, not you, one of but a lot of people, a lot of people immediately have come to a conclusion that he's not worth keeping around. But I think he showed a lot of development last year. Well, well that's their ignorance and their bias. Of course, they 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 must not have seen some of his great battles with the uh, uh, the, the quarterback in Cleveland. I mean, some of these, and, and, and he listen, he outdoed the Kansas City quarterback. I saw <laughs> that too. The, the the one who just got a gazillion dollars, who was the ex MVP, and they're all have all the accolades about. So, but Mason has has uh, he has some pedigree. The, the Steelers, you know, the, let's be clear, that offense was horrible last year. It would have been probably horrible even with Roethlisberger. Carter can't stay healthy, and Juju was exposed. All right. So, real quick, Anthony, I have 30 seconds. What is your mind telling you about this? Give me a record for the Steelers moving forward for this year. Uh, oh, the, the Steelers will be 12 and 4. That defense, if they would have had any resemblance of an offense last year, would have probably been 10 to 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 last year. Roethlisberger, he may not have the skills he once did, but he still has the savvy, and that will be good enough to get him a 12 and 4 record. Always enjoyed talking to Anthony. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Mike in Uniontown, you'll be coming up next. We're going to take a break here. It's 412-928-9370. Again, thank you to our sponsors, AHN, Allegheny Health Network. Number one, Cochrane, go one better. PNC, make today the day. Ireland contracting, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and...